what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. The whole internet's going crazy right now. Santa! <laughs> Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. It's going to be uh, going to be a fun show we got here. Neither of us are very much up to date on current stuff going on, so uh, we'll probably be able to keep that fairly brief. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been doing a good job of that recently anyway. Yeah. But even given like five minutes each, we're going to be hard pressed to make five minutes, I feel like. I don't even think I can do five minutes. I'm going to try, but like more as a challenge <laughs> than anything else, not because I have a lot to say. Okay. Well, you know, that's that that's good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to have much on this show to be perfectly honest. There, there's not a lot of anything. Um It's fine. The holidays were this weekend. You're yeah. all Well, it's Monday morning, so you're kind of back in the swing of things after Thanksgiving, but it's still pretty low key. From now until the end of the year, I feel like is pretty low key. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, it's kind of dead. But but everything is. It's not just wrestling. It's kind of other than football. Everything is kind of kind of dead right now for the right. through the holiday season. But but before we keep going, it is Harris's birthday today when oh. we're filming. Uh, you guys are listening to it the day after his birthday. But even still, go and hit him up on Twitter at Harris Wilson and wish him a uh, belated happy birthday if you if you haven't already. Because it's 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 a pretty big deal, pretty big deal, Harris. I, I can't think of much bigger of a deal than your birthday. Oh, well, thanks, buddy. Feels good, man. You know, 25 years old, still watching pro wrestling. I think my parents are a little disappointed. They thought I'd be out of it by now, but I'm happy. It's good. It's good. I'm a quarter of the way there, hopefully, if things go well. Right, right. Exactly. This is, is, is 25 anything? 25 is you can rent a car, right? Uh, yeah, and I, when the new year comes around, car insurance premiums go down. Oh, well, that'll be great. So that's, that's nice. I, I'm really looking forward to that come, come January. Yeah, because, you know, stereotyping demographics is a bad thing unless you're in the insurance industry. And then you can do it for a living and be like <laughs> white male. Dangerous. We're going to charge you more money based on a stereotype you cannot control. Thanks, guys. Uh, 24 and 11 months. Dangerous driver. 25 in a day. Safe driver. That's how that works. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with anything where there's a an age limit on it. It's like, all right. Yeah. You know, that's true. <laughs> 20 years, 11 months. No, unsafe to drink. Can't mm -hmm. not unresponsible. You're not you can't do any of that. 21. Perfectly responsible. Able to make perfect life choices. You're a junior in college. What could go wrong? What? <laughs> Although I guess it would be weirder if they phased you into it. Like, all right, you're 20, you can drink beer now, but that's it. That's weirder. Don't they do something like that in other countries? I feel like they do. Uh, I, I know, feel like they're just more chill about drinking in other countries. Well, that's that's definitely true. Well, yeah, that's probably true, too, because most other countries it's like 18. To, right. Uh, well, have I – drink limit. This is great wrestling content. It used to be 18 in the story. United States like 
like found know, 40 50 years ago yeah i've heard of that well what's ago. funny is like i remember when i was studying abroad in england i don't remember if i've ever told you this like underage drinking exists everywhere because oh, you have sure. a hard cutoff like whenever you get close to it people are going to say you know like in college people are like whatever i'm 20 whatever i'm 19 like i'm right. gonna you know i'm gonna drink well that happens in other places where the drinking age is lower too except it just skews younger right so when we like when we were studying abroad, like we would go out to bars and stuff because we were all like 20, 21. We could drink like in the United States anyway. We didn't think about it. But there were kids there who were like 16 or yeah. 17 because it's the same thing. It just got scaled down. So there were like literal children on their prom hanging out at the bar with us. It was really weird. <laughs> but you're yeah. like, you're like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense, I guess. Doesn't it? Yeah, Why wouldn't you? Little, you know, it's a little little. Yeah. Yeah. See, then. Anyway, great wrestling content, everyone. Can you tell we're stalling for time a little bit? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Again, it's just not a lot going. Not a not a lot going on. Um, again, I don't watch WWE, so I, I don't I don't know what goes on with that. And AEW was the their first bad show, so there's just not a lot to talk about. I'm actually pretty interested to hear you tell me about that. But do you want to go first or do you want me to go I'll first? Because I have one. Okay. Bas- basically, okay. we'll go Harris talks about WWE for five minutes. Mark talks mm-hmm. about AEW for five minutes. That's what the show's turned that, into. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how it's been working. But I think that works well. I think that's yeah. a good balance. You, yeah. Yeah. They get they get uh, comments on everything going on in major wrestling, major wrestling, not everything in wrestling. Neither of us have that kind of time. We don't even have time to do major wrestling. <laughs> well, that's well, there's also more pressing things going on, like like Star Wars and, and stuff like that. Mm. So, you know, you got to pick that's and true. choose. And that is true. it's just not the priority during the months of December, which is traditionally one of the worst months of wrestling. So anyway, y'all remember that. We'll come back to it later. I'm sure we will. So. All right. AEW was not great this week. Um, it, it was very disappointing, but at the same time, it's not, you know th- that's not a bad thing. It's just been so good since the start that then you get a show that's not as good and and it's disappointing. It's not like it was a horrible show, but it definitely was not up to the standard that they'd had before. And one of the reasons was the whole production seemed off. Like I don't know if because of the holidays, because it was you know the day before Thanksgiving and done live. So I have a feeling there was a lot of, you know, a lot of crew members, a lot of people like that that were off for the holiday season. It really seemed like it because it was just not, it wasn't done well. The 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 audio was was not great. Like, cause you know they have the microphones which go to the PA system in the arena, but they also have direct feeds that go into the broadcast with the microphones. Well, the audio was coming in through the PA system, like through external microphones on the cameras or something. Like it wasn't coming through the direct feed. So that was kind of annoying. You couldn't hear all that well. Uh, Several of the shots just didn't look very good. The direction, just just everything looked sloppy. And a, a lot of people on Twitter were commenting about it. And I think it's just due to the fact that there was probably a lot of main people that were on vacation. Um, but so that wasn't great. 
The fact that it was in Chicago again makes no sense because WWE just had four shows in a row in Chicago. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then this one took place. So I'm not really sure what the schedule, why the scheduling was done that way. So there weren't that many people there. Now the the people that were there were good. It was I mean it was a good vocal crowd as they normally have been, but I, it was definitely not as full as it has been before. So the first thing was uh, the big Jericho thank you Thanksgiving segment, which seemed like it was pulled straight out of Vince McMahon's playbook. A lot of people liked this segment. I did not. I thought it felt very very WWE, and what just wasn't that great. It, it just wasn't that funny. Um, it went on for a very long time. Uh, the best part was Chris Jericho's dad, Ted Irvin, making an appearance wearing a <laughs> New York Rangers jersey, which is one of the teams that he played for. And he got the loudest reaction of the night from the from all the Blackhawks fans. That was can pretty I tell great. You how, can I tell you how dumb I am for a second? Sure. You said that, and I was like, why is his last name not Jericho? <laughs> it's because Chris Jericho is a made-up name. It's a stage name. I'm sorry. I caught it. I just wanted to let y'all know that I did have that thought for half a second. I was like, wait. Uh, you're you're adorable, Harris. Um, <laughs> all right. So that was pretty great. That, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then there was also a great moment where uh, Jake Hager came out with his gift for Jericho, and it was a goat, and his name was Chris mm. Jericho. Very good. That was pretty. That was pretty good. But other than that, eh, it just it wasn't that great. He beat up Justin Roberts. SCU came out dressed as a marching band, and you know it was what it was. A lot of people liked it, and that's fine. Uh, Jericho was great, of course. Uh, it set up some good stuff. Um, let's see some other matches. The, probably the best match was the best friends and Lucha Brothers or Lucha Bros in a tag team match with Orange Cassidy there. That was a lot of fun. That, that, that was a pretty good match. And the best friends get a win. They're, they're getting pushed. Uh, Trent Beretta got a win against, um, uh, now I forgot if it was Ray Phoenix or Pentagon. I think it was Pentagon at, uh, in AEW Dark, a singles win, and then the team beat them too. So they're, they're starting to get a little bit of a push. Which is uh, nice. Cody Rhodes had a squash match against Matt Nix, which was very jarring. This dude dressed in all purple who didn't have an entrance. And he squashed him and won with a figure four. Which, Harris, can you think of the last time you've seen a figure four actually win a match? Because even JR mentioned that, and that was pretty funny. That is pretty um, funny. And, but then, but then, and I'm almost out of time already, but this group... The lights like go out, and this group comes in or from under the ring, called the Blade and Butcher, and they beat up Cody, and leave him lying in the ring, before being joined by Allie. Okay, now my time's up, but I gotta I gotta finish this. So, no one knows who these people are. They're, they're indie wrestlers or whatever, and I know some people I'm sure know who they are. Most people have no idea who these guys are, and the announcers had no idea who these Ooh. guys are. Um, Excalibur just kept saying, it's the bl it's the blade and the butcher. You know, the blade and the butcher. And we're all sitting there, and we're like, yeah, we we heard, who are they? And they beat him, they beat up Cody Rhodes and lie, uh, leave him lying in the thing. And it's just like, 
I mean, there, there's certain people who are going to get big reactions, and there's certain people that just aren't known enough to the mainstream wrestling audience. And this was the case. And I remember it happened at all. Did it happen at all? Uh, Double or nothing. That's what it was. Like with Dark mm-hmm. Order. And everyone's like, we don't know who these are. And so it was like that. It's like the company is expecting fans to be a little bit smarter than we actually are. It's like the yeah. o- opposite of WWE. Yeah. Which which is, it's good, you know, when you have someone who's fairly big. But with some of these, it's like, you don't know. And then this is your top baby face in the entire company. And they're beat up by people we have no idea who they are. And so it's just yeah. kind of like, it doesn't make Cody look good. You know, I, the team might end up being great. I, I, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with them. But it just was a dead segment because of that. Um, and uh, Kenny Omega and Pac had a good match. They, I mean, obviously, they can't not have a good <laughs> match. So that was fun. And then uh, they had this diamond ring match with Hangman and MJF that I didn't even know there was a ring involved and then they made this big deal of winning this valuable ring and we're all like when when did when was this talked about we have no idea what this prize is and it was like diamond Dallas page was de- delivering it and mjf won by uh cheating and it, with his uh with warlock wardlow coming out and punching page and then mjf hit a crossroads that was the worst crossroads in the history of the world on uh, Adam Page, he didn't know how to do it, and he spun the wrong way. So that was kind of funny, but it kind of works because he's a heel. And uh, <laughs> anyway, it just th- th- that match should have been much better with those two, and it was not. It was not good. Um, I don't know. There, there was some other stuff that happened. Then there was the AEW World Championship match, Scorpio Sky and Jericho. That was I was really looking forward to that. It was fine. It was real kind of quick and. Nothing really happened, and then Scorpio Sky tapped out, and it was like, okay, that's that's fine. And then Moxley came out and stared down Jericho to end the show, so looks like that's probably going to be the next next storyline developed, which is definitely the one it's, it should be developing, is Moxley needs to be in the title picture. So, you know, I mean, it was fine. It, it pushed, it, certain storylines were pushed forward, um... But the match quality was not very good. The production quality wasn't that great. And it missed on a few moments that should have hit better. And so it just it just wasn't a great show. But it's fine, because all the other shows have been fantastic. So, obviously, not every show is going to be perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I am really curious to see how long they can keep up their momentum, right? Because the one thing WWE has going, or doesn't have going for it, like the reason we all hate it is because it's everywhere. It's been on yeah. the air six hours a week every week for our entire lives like it never stops yeah so you just get sick of it and aew is new and exciting because it's just a new show and there's only a handful of episodes and they're only on a couple hours a week and it'll be interesting to see how everyone feels about aew like in a year and a half yeah you know when everyone on the card has already fought each other a couple times Mm -hmm. how much can you keep that momentum going because it seems super hard but yeah yeah it's not easy all right, I'm I'm ready. Whenever you want to put me on the clock, I'll try to stick. At, to at this point, I don't even care. I talked. Uh, we were like, "Oh, we're not going to be able to fill the time." And then I well, yeah, you just blatantly ignored that. You just plowed right on through. <laughs> well, because I, I, this show is bad, so I was like, "You have to." This that's happened. true. You got to you got to get it all across. Anyway, all right, Harris, go for it. Okay, so 
now that we're post Survivor Series, I'm kind of excited because the build for Survivor Series, we touched on this a little bit, was like, hey, it's another brand. What are they doing here? And now they're fighting. This is crazy. Every week on every show for like four weeks. And now that Survivor Series is over, they're saying, you know, they're going to stick to the brand split this time. Oh. And hopefully, actually, yeah, we'll see. I predict until Rumble, I think, is how long that lasts. But we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to stick to the brand split. We're going to tell stories on the individual shows. I don't really know what happened on SmackDown. I know Bailey's still champion, even though she tapped in the main event of Survivor Series. That was pretty annoying. <laughs> but, you know, she's a heel. She can get away with it. Yeah, I read that one totally wrong. They're trying to keep Shayna strong so they can call her up soon. But anyway. Hold on, Harris. No, real quick. Yep. What do you think of that stupid title belt? Oh, right. That's what I meant to bring up. Are you talking about the Blue Universal title or the no, other one? No, the next new one that he gets yeah. in as many weeks. Bray Wyatt. So this was the big tease on SmackDown this week, right? Bray Wyatt is going to unveil a new face. And I think people thought, you know, oh, so he's got a new side of his persona or this will be like a character moment. No, it's just a new belt. It's just a new belt you can buy on WWE.com. Do you know how much it costs to buy? Like if you've ever seen the movie Evil Dead, there's a book called the Necronomicon that's like made out of human flesh and has (laughs) disembodied faces on it. Picture that, but a wrestling title belt. It's like a title belt made out of human flesh with Bray Wyatt's giant screaming face yep. front and center in, in place of, you know, like an actual title plate. How much yep. do you think this costs? It's got to be at least uh, $500. $6,500. What? $6,500. What? I'm convinced <laughs> that they didn't even I, – I, I genuinely think oh they didn't gosh. even make one of these. They were like, if anyone is dumb enough to buy it, then we will like we'll go to their house and hit them on the head with a tack hammer. Oh my gosh. I love the so Tommy you, Boy reference too, but oh look, man. I've 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 bought some dumb stuff on wrestling websites, like for sure. I think everyone has. Sure. That takes the cake, man. That is that's incredible. So that happened on SmackDown. Oh that's pretty much the only gosh. thing that happened on SmackDown. That's, that's okay, but uh, here's one other thing even, I want to touch on real quick. That's worse than I thought. One more thing. Before I run out of time, let me talk about the one good thing that happened on Raw. They are letting Seth Rollins be a jerk, yeah. and it's perfect. Like, everyone who knows anything about wrestling knows that the best wrestling characters are when you take their own personality and you dial it up to 11, right? That's how Stone Cold famously put it. Right. Referring to how he takes, you know, his inner badass and he works that into the Stone Cold character. That's what you do. You take what a performer is naturally given and you just turn the volume up. They are finally letting Seth Rollins be this teacher's pet isn't quite the right word, but just this insufferable company man. And that's kind of what burned him in the first place with fans is he started out, you know, yeah, he's a fighting champion. He's there every week. This is cool. This is fun. And then real life Seth Rollins, not the character Seth Rollins, started running his mouth a lot on the Internet, like dunking on independent wrestlers that everybody loves and talking well, about how, yeah, well, well I make well, more well, money well, than you. Well, not not dunking, trying to trying. Oh, to that's fair. OK. The- in his mind, he's like, yeah, I make more money than you, Will Ospreay, so you suck. And Will Ospreay's like, what? That's, that's called, that was mean. That's called like a donk. 
like hitting the rim <laughs> with the with the ball. Okay, now we just it, it feels like a Doink the Clown sequel here. It's Donk. But <laughs> anyway, Dink. anyway, anyway, anyway. And he just has like burned every ounce of goodwill he's had with the fans this entire time. So they open Raw after Survivor Series, where Raw got their butts kicked. They won, I think, one match all night. NXT killed everybody. SmackDown won two or three. Raw won one. Just yeah. got blasted. And it's Seth Rollins holding like a town hall meeting in the ring, running down every member of the roster except for himself, saying, hey, Randy Orton, you were real dead weight in that match, man. You suck. What was you, what were you doing? What was your problem? And Randy Orton walks <laughs> off. And then he calls out the authors of pain. He's like, you guys weren't even on the pay-per-view. What are you doing here if you're not going to fight people? You suck. And they walk out on him. And it's it, it takes like what they're trying to have him be on television, which is like this real golden boy, white meat, like high work rate baby face. And it's merging it with what he's been on Twitter the last six months, which is just this insufferable prick. Right. And it's perfect. It's perfect character development. I don't know if they're going to do anything with it. They're probably going to overcorrect and have him become like a full blown, like cheating classic seth rollins heel again i hope they don't because they don't need to do that he's perfect exactly where he is right now he thinks he's the good guy and he's not that's super interesting and i hope they run with that at least for a few months yeah it's something different at least it is and i mean like it's it was done perfectly monday night i don't know if they'll keep doing it but i hope they do i I, i'm genuinely very interested in that storyline moving forward which that's the best i can say of WWE, you know, they they always have one or two things that are worth watching. On Raw, it's Seth Rollins, and on SmackDown, it's The Fiend and Daniel Bryan now. Yay. Yay! So, what we're getting at is wrestling is perfect right now. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. There is always, you know how they say in baseball that, like, you're going to win a third of your games and you're going to lose a third of your games. Mm -hmm. And it's what you do with the third in the middle that like determines how your season goes. Right. On wrestling, there is always at least one good storyline and one terrible, embarrassing storyline. And it's everything in the middle, like what that ratio looks like that affects whether or not the product is good at the moment. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's about to get a lot worse, I think, because yeah, they stopped trying in December. <laughs> yeah, they totally throw – at least WWE. We'll, so, we'll see about AEW, but WWE throws mm-hmm. everything out in December. They throw everything out in the months of like May, June, mm-hmm. and December are just mm-hmm. just dead. Very, yeah. very dead. Um, so that's, you know, that's that's kind of a shame. So it's going to be a great podcast for the next month, is what we're saying. Oh yeah, we got a ton of stuff that we get to talk about. That is, uh, that is for sure. We're going to have a ton of stuff. So woo, woo. Uh, I'm mad. I'm sorry. Th- this mad? is totally unrelated, but they just said Adam Thielen has been ruled out, and that really hurts my fantasy team for today because I didn't play Galladay because he's been doing so bad. And then he just went off on Thanksgiving, and he was on my bench, and I would have been playing him if they had ruled Thielen out before then. And so now I have to play another garbage player, and I'm very mad. I remember when I played fantasy football last year, and it went the same way it went the first time I played fantasy football about 10 years ago, which is I'm 
mostly just automated the whole thing and didn't do that well. I didn't embarrass <laughs> myself, but I didn't do that well because I don't care. I don't even care about like an actual NFL team, much less my own. But I'm really sorry to hear that, buddy. That's that's really rough. Yeah. Very disappointing. If you have any fantasy football advice for Mark, hit us up on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. There is no fantasy football advice. It's all crap. It's it's the biggest crapshoot in the history of anything. It's just gambling. I mean, I would never do it for money because it's just it's literally just gambling. Fantasy baseball yep. is great. Fantasy baseball is great. It's long enough. It's every day. You can actually monitor people's tendencies. You can pick up hot players, drop players that aren't doing that great. If an injury happens, it doesn't kill you. Like, you can actually do stuff with fantasy baseball. Football, there's 17 weeks. You hope you don't have a guy out for three weeks. And and then you can't monitor any sort of, uh, like, trends or anything because it's too short. Anyway, thanks for listening to our Fantasy Focus uh, podcast. <laughs> We talked about fantasy football. We should just start our own fantasy wrestling league, Harris. And See, I was just thinking that that would be super fun, except wrestling is a little too predictable sometimes. The, the AEW so like, fantasy oh, league. You, uh, see, that makes more sense. They actually keep records that they don't really care about. Did we ever talk about on the show how they're going to reset the records, I assume, every year? Yeah, they mentioned something about that, but they I don't came out get and it. said that. Like, I don't get I mean, what no, they I mean by that. I think that's a good that, idea. But... I think, I think you want it to be like a season, right? So yeah, every sure, year, sure. Yeah, I mean, like that makes every sense. year, right after All In, you reset wins and losses because otherwise, we're going to get to a point where in four years they're like, "Hey, check it out, everyone! It's Sean Spears with a record of sixty-seven and ninety-two. <laughs> and you're like, "What does that mean, though? Right. Like, it just gets weird at a certain point." That makes sense. But another thing is. I, I, I never – because wrestling is just different than even like boxing or, or UFC that use like ranking systems, although UFC doesn't really anymore, but use like ranking systems because a big thing in wrestling to add more stakes is doing like number one contender matches and stuff like that. Well, how do you do that with a ranking system right. where the person who's first is the person who's first? Like it almost is like – I don't know. Like right. you should have like a spot that has to be fought for to get to number. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they do either. Because right now they've done zero with rankings or anything. I mean, they they like they show them, but it it hasn't meant anything yet. I yeah. Mean, even to the well, point I think where it's... you know Scorpio Sky was wrestling for the title this past week, and he hasn't even had a singles match yet. Yeah. I mean, I know I know that was different because he reverse psychology. Jericho and to given a title match which was amazing but but still it's just you know like Moxley is the number one ranked person so it's like well obviously it has to be him right who right. wrestles for the thing so which it looks like they are going to do that but I think it's more of a tonal thing than anything else I don't think they have like that many storytelling specific things in mind for it yet I think that's just their way of trying to differentiate themselves right now and i think it works i agree but what they need to do is do what nwa does and what nwa used to do where the secondary title was basically who was going to get the challenge for the main title like like that was what their Mm. national their national championship was you win that and then you have the ability what you do is you basically cash in that title to get a, a a world title shot like you, you give up the title 
to then have a world title shot. Like that's the way it worked. And huh. so that even is the way it worked in WCW. Um, they did that with the United States title. I know um, as well. So it's like, I almost wish they would do something like that, which is a little bit more in line with the way wrestling has worked. But hmm. who knows? Who knows? Anyway, so that's it for that. Uh, now's normally the time we talk about what's up with David Arquette. And there's not nearly as much stuff happening with David Arquette this week as there was last Harris. Last 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 week was a historical what's up with David Arquette because WWE backstage, he had a match against Shockmaster. You know, there's a lot of great stuff that happened this week. Um, not not really not really anything. Um I think there was the premiere for his movie Mob Rules. Uh, mm-hmm. Or no, not Mob Rules. Mob Town coming out because it comes out December. When is it? It's like December 16th or something like some somewhere in the middle of December, like a couple of weeks. It, it's going to come out on on uh, on demand. But I think they had the premiere on Saturday. So I saw a bunch of stuff on the premiere for Mob Town, some small premiere they did in uh, in L.A. or wherever it was. So I think that's really it. Unfortunately. Mm-kay. Oh, well, no, 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 right. no, no, no. There is something else. Um, uh, he is going to wrestle for at Bar Wrestling on their New Year's Eve show. So he is on that card. It's, it looks like a big card, too. Tommy Dreamer's there. There's a handful of people at this thing. So on New Year's Eve, he's wrestling Bar Wrestling, or uh, Joey Ryan's Bar Wrestling. Um... And it looks like he might be wrestling with RJ City. So that that came out. Okay. Are cool. we going to be able to watch that at all, or is that another live only thing? Probably bar wrestling normally just does live only things. I don't think they usually stream things. Yes. So it doesn't look. <sighs> Come like on, it. David. I know that's disappointing. Look, we have we're going to the NWA tapings and the pay per view in two weeks. And I'm hoping against hope that David Arquette shows up randomly because <laughs> we will – they're going to have to like edit the audio because we're going to be making such fools of ourselves <laughs> if that happens. Yeah. Like yeah, it will yeah, be like will. he'll get a pop and then they'll be like, why are those two guys being so loud? We need to why turn it down Why are there two guys bit. running up and down the aisles <laughs> going berserk? Running up and down the stairs. Like what? what is going on here? Mm-hmm. They'd have mm-hmm. to just They're cut like, around I... us when they edit it later. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. Wait, no! If he does it on the pay per view, that'll be live. That'll be the chance. Heck yeah! They can't stop us. <laughs> look, look! They canned Jim Cornette, so there's a window open here for you to be the color commentator <laughs> for NWA. We just have to get you to stand out somehow. You start by managing David Arquette, yeah, and then you work your way up from there. That's true. That is true. Yeah, so David, if you are listening, if you want to not have really attractive females as your valets anymore, we definitely can be your uh, your your corner guys if, if you're ever going <laughs> to in any of your matches. We will gladly volunteer free of charge to be your your, uh, your corner men and help you help you through the wrestling matches. So just throwing that out there, throwing that out there. All right. So that's that's really it for what's up with David Arquette. Uh, check out Mob Town when it comes out in a couple of weeks on on uh, on demand. Which Booker T made an awesome comment about that at backstage during his promo segment with David Arquette, where he's like, "You haven't been 
at all of your movies in the past 10 years have gone straight to DVD. And it's like, you know, <laughs> he's not wrong. He's Savage. not wrong. Scream so. 4 got released in theaters. Thank you very much. That is true. That di- that does just fit under the decade mark. Uh, true. That was like 2010 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that does it for that. Now it's time to get on to the actual show. Harris, I know you were very diligent in your research. You got everything done ahead of time. I mean, a um, lot, lot of time put true. into it. And so, you know, I'm expecting a very well-crafted, very, um, you know, straight, you know, very impressive display of uh, research okay. for this episode. I mean, yeah, no, listen, I ate like I enjoyed a Thanksgiving deal- dinner for like 15 minutes. And then I got up and I said, sorry, family, I've got work to do. And then I spent the rest of the holiday week researching bad wrestling. That's, you know, that's what I love to do, especially during the holidays, which are meant for wrestling. So, yes, Yes, they are. (laughs) All right. So it's Christmas. It's Christmas first today as we record this. Merry Christmas, everyone. You can say that. Yeah, you can say that. now. Technically, we're in December and it it, it works. Exactly. I agree. And I was was looking around looking for different holiday themed episodes i don't know Ooh. if i'll do one every episode this month I, I that's gonna be try. a little tough yeah but here's the thing because we were talking about this earlier wrestling really slows down in the month of december the way mm-hmm. the calendar works yeah, it, it kind of lines up with the calendar year like the royal rumble in january really kickstarts wrestlemania season then you got wrestlemania at the end of march or the beginning of april and then it slows down again in the summer but december is I know when they're all asleep at the wheel. They don't want to burn any of their really good ideas because they're saving those for, you know, January, March, April. Well, it's the February. same reason why TV shows always don't have new episodes during the month of December and, and right. through the first couple weeks. There's like a six-week break, a four- to right. six-week break most TV shows do just because, I don't know, people are traveling. Like, there's so many other things going on. They can't count on people to con- continue to go through their main routines. Exactly, exactly. So I was looking at a couple different holiday things that have happened, topics, episodes, characters, and I thought about doing a grab bag, and then I discovered one particular episode of Raw. And I thought, that might be a topic in and of itself. And then I started watching the episode and confirmed that, yeah, (laughs) we're just going to talk about this one episode of Raw. That's always a great feeling. Yeah, this is the Christmas Eve episode of Raw. December 24th, 2012. So it's pretty recent. Most of the faces are, you know, familiar to me. We've talked about some stuff from around this period before. And yeah, spoiler alert, this doesn't really feel like an episode of Raw that progresses a lot of storylines so much as it feels like the WWE Christmas special. So the show starts off with... You know, the, the watermark, you know, like the music plays and the logo and then now forever, the classic highlights. And then it cuts to all the wrestlers on stage. Wait, wait, now, hold you know, on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. How long ago was this? 2012. Maybe okay. it wasn't then now forever, but it's the, you know, it's the intro. I don't okay, remember okay. what it I was. was. Just, I was just making sure. That threw me off for a second. I was like. I'm trying to remember okay. when that, when did that start? It was, I feel it's, like that it's was, only a few years it okay. was like around maybe 15, 2014, 15, mm-hmm. right when they did the whole revamp with the network and they changed okay. logos and everything. It was it was so somewhere around then. 
That's probably why then, because I started watching. That was the thing when I was watching. Gotcha. So I just kind of assumed it had been there for a while. It doesn't matter. It's the intro, you know? And then we cut to all the wrestlers on stage, which they normally do like either after someone has A, died, B, is retiring, or C, like it's, it's the 4th of July and they're about to, oh, I don't know, sing the national anthem. Yeah. They are standing on the stage. John Cena has a little director's stick in his hand, and he begins to lead the roster in song. They open the song with a WWE version of Jingle Bells. Now, wait, what? I have quite. Yeah. Wait, how do I not remember this? I was definitely watching the show like, like weekly in 2012. I- I don't know. Okay, here's what I'm trying to decide the best way to do this because I don't want I, I, I don't want to sing the whole thing, but there's a couple different moments that I want to break down without throwing off the, the flow of the entire song. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it like one verse at a time. Okay. This is to the tune of Jingle Bells with the same enthusiasm that like, you know, I don't know if you experienced this. When I was in elementary school, we would do a Christmas pageant every year, and nobody really wanted to sing, especially the older you got because it wasn't <laughs> cool to sing and you didn't want to sing, but mm-hmm. they still made you sing. It's a lot like that. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, yeah, I, like, a, like a children's choir in middle school. Yeah, yeah, except they're all, you know, jacked, and they're all wrestlers, and they're all in their wrestling gear. So the song begins dashing to the show – so we can entertain or the top ropes will go hope i land on kane now that hope i land on kane part is damian sandow like singing you know very dramatically hope i land on kane like that you know because he's damian sandow that's how he that's how he rolls i love Damian. funk is on a roll when you step into that ring yes no yes no okay yes that was daniel bryan And then Kane chimes in and just says, I'm not going to sing, which is fair because some people are really trying. Kane's not one of those people. No. And then we're here for the chorus. Oh, ring the bell, ring the bell. The season's here. No doubt. We won't stop until we win or I'm going to knock you out. That was Big Show. Yeah. Uh, they gave a line to Randy Orton for some reason, who actually kind of tries to sing, and I don't know why, because you wouldn't expect him to do that. <laughs> he sings, we go out to compete, and then a tag team sings, all alone or in a pair. Wait, you don't even know who they are? No, it's um, it's Titus O'Neil and Darren Young. Okay. What were their names? The primetime players, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're not good or important. <laughs> And then we get to a point where, well, they, like the writers ran out of things to say about WWE, so they just have wrestlers like sing things about themselves. So we go out to compete all alone or in a pair. I can't eat enough red meat, sings Ryback. And we fly through the air, says Mysterio and Sin Cara. Um, we're back to Punk. Punk isn't trying to sing either. He says, I'm the best in this whole world. Seamus retorts with, I know that that's not true. And then Vicky Guerrero chimes in and says, excuse me, did, don't you start a fight? 
And then Booker T says, can you dig it? You sing too. And then like theoretically all the kids at home sing along. Ring the bell, ring the bell. We hope that you're inspired. If you aren't entertained, Vince will say, you're fired. Wait, how can we be fired? You know what? Never mind. It doesn't. No, it doesn't work. But more importantly, Vince McMahon isn't here for this. Like Vince and Stephanie and Triple H all took the night off because <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. Well, so it's just well, all these. Another what? thing. Yeah. Sorry, Harris. No, I you're just, good. I, I, I had to look up the show. Okay. Now, I didn't, I didn't read ahead. Because I, okay, I want you to tell good. me. But this show was taped the week Perfect. before I was after SmackDown. Okay, good. Um, which, uh, again, every every now and then they do taped Raws for, for stuff like this because it was on Christmas Eve so that people don't right. have to be there. So that doesn't really mean anything, but I think it's a good thing to keep in mind. This was filmed yeah, after I'm... another show was already filmed. Well, so. that's that's good. Yeah. And frankly, okay – I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here. You can kind of tell because like I said, this doesn't feel like an episode of raw. This feels like a WWE Christmas special. And everyone kind of has that sense of like, you know, again, to bring it back to elementary school or middle school or high school, when you know, finals are over and everyone's just kind of hanging out waiting for the Christmas season to really begin. Like you might have one more class or one more day and that's it. It's very laid back. It's very loose. Everybody's just kind of screwing around. That's kind of the vibe of the episode. Because we open with this just beautiful, inspired, poetic musical number of all these wrestlers trying to sing when they can't at all. It's very entertaining. Definitely go watch it. Also, I'm getting a very uh, a very big Muppet Family Christmas vibe oh, from, yeah. from this. <laughs> Now, if anyone hasn't seen Muppet Family Christmas, it's fantastic. But there's a moment when all – because all the Muppets are at Fozzie Bear's mom's house for Christmas in the country. But then at one point, all the Sesame Street characters come to join in, and they're singing Deck the Halls. Or at first they're Mm -hmm. singing something else, and then then they're singing Deck the Halls. And at each, like, part, it's a different character singing, like, you know – Ernie and Bert are singing, then Grover exactly. and all these. Well, there's one where then it goes to Oscar, and he just goes, I will not sing this song. And they just continue on. There's like, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la, and they just keep going. <laughs> That's what I'm getting now from, yeah. from this, especially with the cane, with the cane part. Where he's yes. like, I'm not singing. Just, just It's like, all right, who cares? We're too happy. Right. Keep, keep singing. <laughs> and there's some guys who are like, right, it, it really works in kayfabe, but it's also funny because you can tell. There's some people that are like, all right, I want to do my job and be a good performer and make a good impression on the boss. So Ryback is like, I can't eat enough red meat like he's trying. And then CM Punk is like, what are you going to do? Fire me. I've had the championship for 400 (laughs) days. He just says, I'm the best in this whole world. Like, that's it. You can't you're not going to make him sing. Right. It's it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. So then, you know, John Cena, who has been directing this whole time because they all lined up, paid attention to John Cena and then respected his wishes. I like to think that he wrote this like this was all his idea. And he's like, no, guys, it'll be great. And I love thinking that. Yeah. And Vince is like, do what he tells you to do. He's John Cena. And they're all like, "Okay, okay." (laughs) So they sing it. John Cena turns around and, you know, cuts a little promo and it's the holidays and be grateful for what you have. And happy holidays from the WWE. And then the show starts. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. The theme song plays. 
there's really, really festive, like holiday spirit music playing. And I don't know if you know this, Mark. This episode is part of our guest host suite of episodes. Oh, yeah. That is yeah. right. This is going on during this period, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, it Very is. Nice. And nice. so Justin Roberts opens the night in the ring and he says, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our special guest host for the evening. Santa Claus! Woo! Massive pops for Santa. And I'm glad you brought this up because I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if they pre-taped this because that's a loud pop. Like, it was louder than anyone else all night. So it makes me think it might have been a little doctored in post. I don't know. But sure enough, Jingle Bells starts playing like a real proper, very, you know, majestic version of Jingle Bells. Wait a minute. Hold on. I got to stop you there. Why is Jingle Bells playing? Why in the world do you not play Santa Claus is coming to town? Hang on. Pause that thought. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I I don't know why. I don't think it was for this bit. But the fact that they start to play Jingle Bells, I think Michael Cole had the same thought that you did. And he tries to be clever. And this is where, again, the vibe this entire episode is like, hey, school's out. Okay. Michael Cole – starts to sing santa claus is coming to town only to realize that the 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 instant after he starts to sing it that he doesn't (laughs) quite know the words to santa claus is coming to town and i swear this is not planned or scripted because it's entirely too organic so santa claus emerges from backstage starts to make his way out onto the ramp and michael cole goes you better not cry you better not shout. And then it hangs in the air for like three seconds, three uninterrupted seconds. And Jerry Lawler goes, go ahead, go ahead. How does it go? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And then he goes, uh, you better not cry. I'm telling you why. <laughs> like he can't, he has to stop. Because he just blanks like he genuinely does not know the words to Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, man. And just eats it on live television, like at the very beginning of the show. It's incredible. And you can hear Jerry laughing at him, like, over the headset. <laughs> and then he quickly pivots oh. and he's like, well, I hope he brought me something good for Christmas. You know, I've I've been a very good Michael Cole this year. <laughs> Here's the thing. He's not even heel Michael Cole. This is just like Michael Cole saying this. This is after. I swear they're post, both a little drunk the entire show. Michael Cole. Yeah. Oh R.I.P. Heel gosh. Michael Cole. No, but this isn't like, no, no, no. Rest and torture heel Michael Cole. Oh, man. Cole. Heel Michael Cole was like 2011, like WrestleMania yes, 27. Yes, and a few months after that, this is the end of 2012. Yeah. Like he hasn't been heel Michael Cole for a while. Right. He's just Michael Cole. I so, Genuinely, Mark. I think they're both a little drunk. If like I think they taped this whole show in like an hour or an hour and a half and they just got a little lit. The whole show plays like this cuz they're just riffing possible. on they're just riffing on Santa Claus as he makes his way down to the ring. And Santa Claus by the way, while all this is going on, he's not a selfish host. He's not here to make the show all about himself. He's here to give a great show to all the little boys and little girls. He starts walking down the ramp, giving out toys from a sack to kids in the front row. And then he stops and he turns to the left and he sort of heads off off the ramp, you know, but like around the front row to the other sides. And he's giving, 
you know, WWE toys to all the good little boys and good little girls, you know, out of a sack. And then Alberto Del Rio's music hits. Now, mm. he has a ring announcer at this time named oh, yes. Rodrigo. And he, you know, he steps out, you know, onto the entrance ramp and starts to give his little cocky spiel in Spanish, you know. And then all of a sudden you hear a car horn honk. And Alberto Del Rio drives a BMW out from backstage on the left-hand side of the ramp and runs over Santa Claus. <laughs> and, oh. yeah, that's funny. And that was reading, like, different WWE Christmas bits. I found Alberto Del Rio runs over Santa Claus. and thought, <laughs> well, yeah, that's an episode. That's amazing. Even even funnier that as it happens, like we cut to some kids in the crowd, we cut to Santa like flying off the hood of this BMW, and as he crashes to the ground, a Christmas tree from out of frame falls on top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> Just to add insult to injury, like it was up top on the stage somewhere, and it comes creaking over and lands right on his head. Just pow, one, two, like Tom and Jerry level comedic timing. It's it's <laughs> honestly incredible. And okay, here's the here's the thing. This is what takes this episode from good, like oh, honorable mention, you know, in the WWE Christmas checklist, to great. Alberto Del Rio is horrified. He didn't come out like <laughs> he didn't come out here to interrupt Santa and like beat him up. He was just trying to come to the ring and accidentally ran over Santa. <laughs> He's as horrified as everyone else. His hands are over his face. He's like running his hands through his hair like, no, no, no. That's Rodrigo, so much worse. I know. <laughs> Rodrigo, his ring announcer, is crying, like openly weeping because they just ran over Santa Claus. And the paramedics come running out. They're strapping Santa to a stretcher. Rodrigo is crying. Del Rio is like off in the corner, like pacing back and forth. And the crowd is chanting, you killed Santa. <laughs> you killed Santa. Oh, my. And, okay, here's the thing. Normally when they do something like this, like, Michael Cole is the one in the background going, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. He doesn't say a word, which makes it, like, that much more distressing. He just completely sells it. Everyone sells it. Oh. And they put Santa on a stretcher cart him off and as they cart him off he gives the crowd the thumbs up <laughs> and the crowd goes wild it's it's honestly incredible and i thought again at this point i was like okay so maybe like this will be part one of like a couple different christmas things that i talk about but then you know we cut to commercial we come back and first of all yellow crime scene tape has been wrapped around like the corner of the arena like Del Rio's car in the tree is still there where it hit Santa. <laughs> and then we Why? Cut to, I don't know. Well, cause you Why? know, it's, a hit and, it's not even a hit and run. No. Cause he didn't leave. He's very upset about it. Like he admitted it. Why? Okay. There's, there's evidence, I guess. Of what? It's all I don't know. Film. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I think it, I mean, it really reads like in kayfabe, somebody in production didn't know what else to do. And it just seemed wrong to remove the car. We never find out, by the way, like 
what Del Rio was coming to do. He never makes it to the <laughs> ring. Like that just <laughs> well, of course stops not. He was so distraught. Going, you know, right, right, exactly. Like I, in theory, I think he just thought he was coming out to like make his way to the ring and like. I mean, the best case scenario here is he was coming out to interrupt Santa and cut a promo on Santa or right. something, but we never find out. So we, we, we cut to backstage and like I was waiting for the traditional, you know, Michael Cole, like, well, Santa has been taken to a local medical facility. No, right. no. He's just backstage, like in a trainer's room. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's just it's too dangerous for them to move him or what, but like dozens of wrestlers are standing around outside the door like darren young god bless him is literally crying like because santa's <laughs> been hurt so badly oh, and man. booker t booker t comes out i don't i assume he was in like a guest gm gm role at this point i don't remember because he's Maybe in a lot of the backstage segments i don't i don't know <clears throat> but he comes out from the training room to say guys Santa's down. It don't look good. And they all look <laughs> devastated. Wait a minute. Then why is he not at a hospital? That's a great question. I don't know. And it's never explained. But so like, okay, first this of all, sounds, I, I, hold on. This sounds exactly like, like, the, like a Disney channel Christmas special. Take any Disney channel show mm -hmm. from like 2000 to 2008. And this sounds like what the Christmas special, what the plot of the Christmas special would be. Right. Well, that's what, you know, when I say it feels like a WWE Christmas special in the sense that it really kind of stands on its own. And it's got this. Santa's down weird... and out. We need someone yeah. to take his place. Well, you know, it's just like, that's exactly what it sounds like. Right. And my first instinct was like, oh, come on. We've seen like worse bumps. Like, I'm sure he's hurt, but he's not going to die. And then I, re I remembered it's Christmas Eve. Santa's down for the count and Christmas won't happen because Santa's injured. He can't deliver all the toys because he just got laid the heck out by Alberto Del Rio in his BMW. That's why everyone is so upset. Like, of course. So Booker T is here again, I assume, in some sort of like GM role. Yeah, he might. And have he been. says, we got to pull together. The show must go on. That's what Santa would want. And they're all like, yeah, let's go. Let's put on a great show. <laughs> and then Alberto Del Rio comes around the corner and is like, guys, I didn't mean to hit Santa. And they're like, boo, <laughs> boo, you ruined Christmas. Like they're just, they're having none of it. And he's trying his best, but he's like, look, I didn't know he was going to be down there. And everyone knows that every time I make an entrance, I drive my car out on the left-hand side of the ramp. And that is true. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, he didn't think anyone was going to be there, because why would anyone ever be there? Right, no one's usually there. So he's trying to convince everyone that it's not his fault, and people are having none of it. And finally, Booker T steps in, and he says, well, you know, Santa was our guest host. <laughs> and before he lost consciousness... His last words were, Alberto Del Rio's going to be in a fight. A miracle on 34th Street Fight. Of course he Versus is. Versus John Cena. And John Cena like steps out from behind the crowd, you know, and he's furious. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Del Rio, Del Rio looks even more distraught than he already did. And he like tears at his hair some more and like 
stalks off, you know, I guess to prepare for his match. And Cena, like, okay, the thing about John Cena, what makes him great is he, like, you know, the, the enthusiasm that he brings to every promo and the earnestness which which he sells what's going on. And he's got it, like, he's got it dialed all the way up to 11 here. Yeah. But also he can barely keep a straight face. Like, he is this close. Again, like, <laughs> school's out. You know, this is just, yeah. this is just the last like hour of taping before they all leave for the rest of the year booker t claps him on the shoulder and says john do it for santa do it for santa man santa 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 and titus o'neill and darren young start chanting santa 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 and then all the divas backstage start going santa 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 and cena stands there just absolutely stone-faced just like the fight of his life. And he puts a single fist in the air and he screams, Santa! <laughs> John, do it for Santa. Do it for Santa, man. Santa. Do it for Santa. Do it for Santa. Do it for Santa. 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 Hang on, Harris, please do that again. Santa! <laughs> okay, the reason why I had you do that again, I laughed during it, and I'm going to use that for the intro. Great. <laughs> it's, dude, it's honestly, it's the most, it's one of the most insane segments I've ever seen, and everyone listening to this should go look it up. It's genuinely incredible. Now like i got to figure out if I want to use his santa or your santa and i think you sure should I'm use his because to... i think it's a little better but it's just i don't know i'm booker leaning t. towards you oh man it's booker t and the whole locker room going santa 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 <laughs> completely serious and john cena like with the same level of earnestness that he will use to fight the rock going santa, just screaming all right i figured out what this is this is an okay. episode of the adam west batman tv show it really is. That's what this is. But I'm done kind of not nearly as well. But but that's I'm, what it is. But no, it is it's the same it's the same kind of humor. It's the same sense of like we are doing the most ridiculous thing this, with the, a completely straight face right. and the stakes are life or death. Like yep. it, it is very Adam West. It's incredible. And then we cut to the ring and Cody Rhodes has a match with Kane. It's not a Christmas match. It's just it's just kind of happening. Like it's a good match to its credit. Like the story's decent. Cody Rhodes hurt his shoulder a few weeks ago in a match with Kane and like genuinely hurt it. Like they show the replay and he gets tossed up in the air, does a backflip, lands right on his shoulder. Like it's pretty bad. Mm. So he spends the whole match and this is like dashing Cody Rhodes with his mustache. Oh no, this is not dashing. The it, same no, shoulder. No, that, that's mustache. Oh, is that Cody not dashing? Rhodes. That's just new. No. Oh, dashing Cody Rhodes was they're the all running first together. Thing I apologize. After he split okay. from uh, DiBiase and Orton, he became dashing Cody Rhodes, mm. where he was you mm. know, looking at himself in mirrors and 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 mm. looks pretty and all that stuff. And then then we had broken, or uh, we had uh, undashing shattered. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. yeah, shattered Cody Rhodes, which we did an episode on. Check that out. Mm -hmm. Called undashing Cody Rhodes. And 
then a, he just kind of had this myriad of different gimmicks, and this was one of them where he just grew this terrible mustache out, and that was his gimmick for, I don't know, six, eight months. He just he had a mustache. That Worth was, a shot, I guess. That was it. He tried. Right. That's when I saw him. I saw Cody Rhodes at the Chick-fil-A I worked at in high school, and it was during this time period when he had the mustache. <laughs> Came That's to the drive through not a single person there knew who he was except for me. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. That's... I just I saw him at Chick Fil A drive through. But anyway, hey, nice. What do you get? I don't remember. I just remember <sighs> I, I wasn't taking the order. I was over on the other side, and then I came over and was like Cody Rhodes. And... <laughs> <laughs> and then he drove away. <laughs> Excellent. So literally, like, it's weird because the fun thing about WWE Christmas shows is they're almost always like this. Like they're just weird one-off holiday matches. But there's two normal matches on this show. And this is one of them, and the only thing we get that's Christmas at all is Michael Cole says, well, yeah, at least clearly Kane is in the Christmas spirit. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. There's two things that happen here. <laughs> Number one is they mention that Cody's in an especially bad mood because, you know, Kane hurt his shoulder a month ago, and sure. he had to miss time. And he's here to, you know, he's trying to re-injure Kane's shoulder. Of course. And we're told that Kane is especially upset because he has, and I quote, a very special relationship with Santa. Mark, what? why do you think Kane has a very special relationship with Santa? Oh, um, I have no idea, Harris. Please, please enlighten us. No, no, I'm asking you because it's never explained. Oh. They just say that and then leave that hanging for the next three hours. Like, I'm not wondering what in the world Kane has to do with Santa. Well, the only <laughs> thing – the only – hmm. I'm at a. I, I really don't know, man. I'm at a loss here. Let's see. Hang on, just one second. I have an idea. Okay. I just want to make sure that I'm I'm right. Okay. Well, can I can I say um, something else while you're thinking about it? Um. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. Okay. Yes, I was right. Um. It could be because at one point, Kane was a character known as the Christmas creature. That could be, but I don't know why they would you know what? bring I that think to that life. Honestly, but that's only that that's the only thing that I can it. think of. Now I don't want to talk about that because that is on the list of of topics that we will get to oh, yeah. and 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 will most certainly get to during this Christmas season. So we're gonna table that for right now. But I feel like that could be it. That really sounds like it, and that's the kind of weird thing that like WWE would bring up just to make fun of Kane. Right. That nobody would get, except for smart fans like you. So well done. That makes sense. So then that's the only other Christmas thing that happens during this match is at one point, Michael Cole points out, well, yeah, you know, Kane is clearly in the holiday spirit. He's dressed in red. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> once again, Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler, I, I think a little drunk because Jerry Lawler is immediately like, wait, are you serious? And they have this weird back and forth about how Kane always wears red and Michael's like, yeah, but you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, you know, he's, he's in the spirit of the thing, whatever. He's like, trying, just, he's trying. They're just winging it. Once again, school is out. So, okay. The next match, and this is where I'm just going to kind of rattle off some WWE Christmas special fodder here. The next match is a Santa's helper, eight diva tag team match. Woo. Where, like, it cuts back to a commercial break, and there's a couple of these in the episode, and commentary, like, very helpfully tells you what happened. 
just in case you missed the opening episode. So all these women are coming to the ring dressed as like presents and mistletoe and like, you know, just Christmas red and white with like skimpy Santa outfits on. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, if you're just joining us, Santa Claus was run over at the beginning of the show. And it's really serious. But anyway, wow, look at Natty. It's crazy. Okay, so who who are the participants in this? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Natty is the only one that I know. AJ Lee's not in it because she's doing her own Christmas vignettes throughout the night. So it's like it's seven other women. Uh, Alicia Fox is in it. Uh, um, Rosa, I think, is in it. Um, I forgot about – man, I totally forgot about her. Dude, I'll be honest with you. I didn't recognize most of them. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, it's disappointing, Harris. I expected, I expected better I, research from you. Well, see, here's the thing. Commentary clearly wasn't taking the match seriously because it was a women's match in 2012. They got six minutes. Uh, I wrote down the two worst things that they said. The wor- the, the second worst was Michael Cole saying, well, you know, I really got to talk to the ring crew because they didn't even put any mistletoe up for this match because <laughs> it's an eight women tag match. And we're all about that lesbianism. Honka honka. Yay. But then the worst. OK, thing Caitlin, he says, Caitlin, Layla, Alicia Fox and Natalia versus Eve. Oh, man, I forgot about Tamina. Um, Oksana. I forgot about her, she's... too. And Rosa. <laughs> Oh my gosh, they really tried to push Oksana for a while. That did not work. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so at some point, I think it's Eva is in the ring, and Michael Cole says something like, oh, he was, oh throw a sparrow on her, right? Right? And everyone, once again, like Jerry Lawler and like everyone at home just pauses for like five <laughs> seconds. And you're like, what does... What? And Michael Cole says, you know, throw a sparrow on her. Like in the song. What? And then I realize that he's talking about Prospero Año from Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad, <laughs> Prospero Año e Felicidad. <laughs> I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard him say. Oh my gosh. I would not even it, have got that uh, ever. It took me a second. <laughs> oh my gosh. So once again, drunk Michael Cole, I'm pretty sure. Because that's that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard anyone say on WWE television. And like everyone agrees. <laughs> like Jerry Lawler is like, what are you talking? What? What? <laughs> and Michael Cole doesn't even try to defend it. He's just like, I don't know. I'm just throwing, you know, he's, he's just throwing stuff out, out there, you know, oh, to see man. what sticks. So that match lasts a whole six minutes, and then we're back to a very somber, you know, and in case you missed it, here's what happened to Santa Claus earlier, and he got hit by a car, and there's crime scene tape up, and coming up next, we've got a Lumberjack Frost match! Woo! And, you know, just gear shift all the way back to the other side. That's one thing I hate, man. WWE, every Raw, or or whatever it is, they will show you what happened in the opening sec. Like, every mm-hmm. second you come back in, you're like, here's mm-hmm. what happened. Like, they'll literally do it. A segment, commercial break. Come back from the commercial break. Here's mm-hmm. what just happened. It's like, mm-hmm. just saw this. Like, mm-hmm. I understand how you want, you know, people who are just tuning in. Like, I get I get it in theory. But come on. It's so annoying. They'll show you well, the same th- thing like 12 times. Right. 
Well, they do that. It's kind of funny in this case because they have to keep explaining that Santa got run over like every 10 minutes. And it's also funny because they keep cutting back to the backstage reporter who's like waiting breathlessly outside the locker room with absolutely no information. Like four different times on the show, they tease, <laughs> oh, we've got an update on Santa's condition. And then they just cut to this guy and he's like, yeah, we don't really know anything yet. Like that keeps happening. Great. So we come back from one commercial break, and there's a Lumberjack Frost match, and we don't really talk about Lumberjack matches on the show because uh, they suck. Yes, and they not do. in a way that's like, oh, this is entertaining. Like, hey, here's Biff Bagwell's mom on pole. No, 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 no. <laughs> they just suck. They're just boring. Yeah, they're not, they're not good. And then another commercial break happens. We come back, and they're like, yeah, in case you didn't see what happened this morning, uh, I guess you could say – Santa got run over by Del Rio. I knew that and was Michael coming. Like, I, was whoa, 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 that to, I was waiting on that to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Michael Cole goes, well, 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 you know, that's all speculation, which it's not. He definitely it's, did it's, get run it's over. It's clearly like we there. Saw it happen. Yeah. It's on video. Oh, um, there's another checkup on Santa. There's no official updates at this time. And next thing you know, David Otunga is in the ring. Oh, and his my whole gosh. Thing, I forgot about him. He's, he's, he is a Harvard-educated lawyer, so he just comes out and gives heel lawyer promos. He's interrupted by Zack Ryder because he's trying to say, you know, well, actually, I think Del Rio's the victim here, and he has a right to sue Santa for trespassing and vehicular damage. Mm-hmm. And Zack Ryder comes out and is like, nah, let's fight, bro. Woo, 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 Santa. So they have a match. Now, okay, this is the only thing that kind of breaks the show a little bit. They like commentary is low key roasting Zack Ryder by saying like, yeah, you know, I hear he still believes in Santa. <laughs> what? Do um, you not? The, our, the isn't that show. the point of the show? Yeah. Up until this point, like <laughs> John Cena believes in Santa because he was given that motivational speech earlier. Booker T believes in Santa. Why is Zack Ryder? Why? What? It doesn't work. Like, I, I don't know why we're making fun of Zack Ryder for believing something. That everyone else in the company clearly believes. It doesn't work at all. But, you know, it's nice to see Zack Ryder on TV. Bless his heart. That's true. That is true. And then we we cut back to backstage. And now the sideline – he's not the sideline reporter. But you know what I mean. He's like, (laughs) yeah, you know, it's it's certainly not looking good back here. And all we can say for sure is Alberto Del Rio's car really did some damage. Oh, well, like, dude, well, we're yeah. in hour three. Like, we know it did some damage. That's yes, the whole point. That's why he's that's why he's pre- down. <laughs> presumably, why he's still in the building. Because why else wouldn't you have taken him to a hospital by now? Unless they're all closed for Christmas Eve or something. But I don't know, man. There's another match. Brad Maddox is on the show. He's trying to earn a contract by winning a match. If he wins a match, he gets a raw contract. And Booker T has booked him in a match to win the contract. He says, you want to be on Raw, you got to win a match against one of Santa's elves. Oh, guess. Okay. Take a guess. Big Take show. a guess. No. Ryback. He's an elf. No, he's an elf. Oh, he is an elf? Well, it's got to be a, a Hornswoggle. It's Hornswoggle! And yeah. Hornswoggle's music hits. And, you know, there's this elated, like, ah, ha, 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 you know, from Jerry Lawler. Like, you get it? Because he's short. It's really clever. It is. And then all of a sudden, Hornswoggle stops, and a new song plays. And it's it's the great Kali. 
in um, the yeah, ultimate yeah. swerve. Yeah. It's the biggest Santa elf you've ever seen. You get it? Because mm-hmm. he's tall, Mark. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's funny because he's tall. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm well so aware. Then, so then, like, Damien, like, Damien Sandow fights Daniel Bryan in the only other not Christmas match on the card, which, again, I don't know why. I guess they just couldn't think of any other gimmick matches. And then there's a 12 days of Christmas, 12 man tag match, which is just, I didn't even, you know, nothing happens. It doesn't matter. But finally, 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 Mark, it's time for the main event. And by the way, it's been three hours. The caution tape is still up (sighs) like around the car. Nobody's ever done anything with it, which I, I think just confirms our theory that some producer panicked and was like, I guess nobody touch it. But they didn't, like, call anybody. There's no authorities here that have been, like, investigating this whole time. Or if they have, they've been doing it during commercial breaks, which, I don't know, maybe that that makes more sense. But now John Cena begins to make his way back to the ring. And commentary the entire time is talking about how, you know, Santa won't be able to make it all the way around the world in time for Christmas. Which, like, it's Christmas Eve. At this point... We're in hour three. It's like 10.30, 10.45. Like, I don't know how fast he can really go. I don't think it really matters at this point. But we cut back to backstage one more time. And the announcer, you know, the, the ringside reporter, whatever, is there again. And now at 10.30, two and a half hours after the original incident, he says, yeah, at this point, we're preparing to take Santa to a local medical facility. Now! I don't know why it took this long. Uh, I don't know why they didn't... I, I don't know why he can't just walk it off, frankly. He only got hit by a car. It wasn't going that fast. Yeah, he's he's fine. But this but this entire time, you know, every time the, the door cracks open, and we don't see Santa, but we see his feet, you know, his, his red pants and his black boots propped up on whatever they have him sitting on, and they have a heart rate monitor on him, so I guess it's a well-equipped locker room and it sounds like finally it. this last this last check-in you know you can hear the heart monitor it goes beep 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 and then suddenly the tempo changes and it goes beep 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 Please continue. So so John Cena makes his way to the ring because we still have a wrestling match here to avenge Santa, to save Santa. It's not really clear. I don't think he has the power to, like, bring Santa back to life by beating up Alberto Del Rio. But he's going to give it his best shot. So he's he's pacing back and forth in the ring. Del Rio makes his entrance and, like, his ring announcer's there. But he just can't stop crying, so it's not really the same, like, (laughs) Alberto Del Rio entrance you're used to seeing. I was afraid they would ruin it and have Del Rio be like, and I did it on purpose, and I do it again, too. Never happens. He makes his way to the ring, and he's like, I did not mean to hit Santa Claus with my car. Please don't beat me up, John Cena. And John Cena's like, no, I'm totally going to beat you up. And then they just – they start having their street fight, and – Honestly, I love a good miracle on 34th Street fight because it's the perfect like Christmas special match. 
it doesn't mean anything. It's not supposed to. There's just presence around their wing with weapons in them. And it's Yay. great. So there's a little bit of back and forth. John Cena opens a present, and there's a chair inside. There's a great gif of this moment. If you haven't seen it, I recommend you look it up. It's very silly. And then Alberto Del Rio's manager gives him a box, and he opens it up. And there's a pumpkin pie inside. Wah, wah. Yeah. Yay. Um, at one point, Del Rio, who again this entire time, is like, I didn't hit Santa with my car, and I'm very sorry. Grabs the mic, insists once again, hey, I didn't do this. I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. And he like he hits John Cena with the mic, says something to him in Spanish. I don't know what it is. It's kind of funny if you don't know because John <laughs> Cena then, you know, comes back up, hits him, knocks him to the ground, picks up the microphone. What do you think he says, Mark? Merry Christmas. Santa! <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and they fight all the way up the ramp. Uh, Cena opens another present that's got a TV monitor in it. Like, it's just an extra bit of equipment lying around. Cracks Del Rio over the head with it. They go a little bit back and forth. Del Rio's manager gives him a new box. And he promises, hey, 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 it's a bazooka. <laughs> and it... Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. First, What? To, yeah, it was about to be a yeah. Uh, um, what is he going to use a bazooka for, Harris? Well, I mean, it's a street fight. It's no DQ. <sighs> uh, okay. <laughs> so, Del Rio kind of looks at him like he's on drugs, which this whole special's on drugs. John Cena is kind of winded, but also looks up confused. And then Del Rio opens the box. And it's a teddy bear. So I don't know. Presumably his manager gave him the wrong box. And there is a box somewhere on stage with a bazooka in it that's just never opened. He looks at the teddy bear for about 10 seconds. Oh, my gosh. And then, well, then he does, you know, he kind of shrugs and turns around, throws it as hard as he can at John Cena. It bounces right off. It wasn't like (laughs) a lead teddy bear or anything. It was just a teddy bear. It just bounces right off of him. Cena drags him back down the ramp, throws him to the ground, Hit might hit an AA on the ramp or something, I don't remember, goes back up to the top of the ramp, opens another present, and there's a bowling ball inside. And John Cena actually has the nerve to look at the camera and go, what do I do with this? Like everyone in the building <laughs> doesn't know exactly what you're about to do with this, John Cena. So he turns around, looks at Alberto Del Rio at the bottom of the ramp, shrugs, and then bowls the ball down the ramp right into Del Rio's beanbag. Just hits him right right in the crotch. Wow, that's a good shot then if he was able to bowl that that far accurately. Well, he he, he ran down the ramp a little bit. But just breaking kayfabe for a second, I don't know how you do that without it really hurting, even if it's a yeah. super light bowling ball. He was only like 10 feet away. But still, he just rolled it right in between his legs. Oh, oh anyway, I, I anyway. Don't, I don't know. He... So he drags him back into the ring, and all of a sudden, Rodrigo, the ring announcer, loses his mind completely, jumps on John Cena's back, and tries to hit him with a sleeper. And, like, he's not a good wrestler, so it probably wouldn't have worked, but it's two-on-one. You know, what are we going to do, Mark? How can we even the odds? Oh, that's right. By God, that's Santa's music. And 
Jingle Bells starts playing again, and jolly old St. Nick makes his way out from gorilla position and kind of waddles his way down to the ring. And the crowd's like, you know, they're here for it, I guess. And he whips out his sack full of toys and just crashes it across Rodrigo's head. I mean, just lights him up, lays him right out. And then Del Rio, who was like comatose at this point, kind of staggers to his feet. He's kind of trapped in the ropes. And Santa gets out a mitten, like a large Christmas mitten from his pocket and sticks him with a mandible claw. Almost like, you might say, a really festive version of Mr. Socko. Interesting. Okay. And Del Rio writhes around and is rendered, is incapacitated by the mandible claw rendered through a mitten. And then John Cena picks him up and hits him with an AA and the match is over. And John Cena and Santa Claus celebrate in the ring to close the show. And Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Christmas has been saved. Yay. (laughs) Okay, look, I know like we kind of dragged this out a little bit. I this shouldn't work at all and it does. Like I, I I enjoyed this episode of Raw quite a lot. It does drag a lot in the middle, but the opening fifteen minutes or so and the main event are honestly kind of a blast. And some of the matches in between are pretty fun too. Like Daniel Bryan and Sandow is your classic like yes no movement Daniel Bryan and Sandow's just a jerk and some of the holiday matches are dumb but they're funny and it's just a it's not an episode of Raw. Like, it's not. There's no story progression at all. It's just a WWE Christmas special. But like we said before, it's Adam West WWE Christmas special. Right. They are taking some of the dumbest material they've ever been given, and it's performers like Booker T and John Cena just selling it with 110% of their being. And Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler just along for the ride. It's – dude – it's so fun. And the fact that they have like weird little touches like Alberto Del Rio and his ring announcer being genuinely horrified <laughs> the entire episode that they almost killed Santa. It, it's great. Like there's just so many weird little details like that. And the Santa pep talk and the fact that like he's somehow doing this to save Christmas. It's the perfect combination of like stupid and serious to make it all work. Like I've talked about this on the show before. Comedy wrestling is very important. I, I think because it lets, you know, casual fans know that we're in on the joke. Like wrestling can be a silly thing sometimes, and that's okay. And when you commit to it and you just let it be silly, it makes the serious moments that much better. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what this episode is. I'm glad all wrestling is not like this, but especially like during the month of December when they're just on autopilot anyway. I wish they would do more weird stuff like this. I, I really enjoyed it. It's absolutely worth your time, at least for the opening segment and the main event, if nothing else. That's fantastic. That is fantastic, Harris. Perfect Christmas. And uh, Mer- Merry Christmas to everyone. Way, way, way early. And we'll say that each and every week now, <laughs> leading up until... Uh, until until Christmas. Absolutely. Oh, all right. Well, we were able to fill a lot more time than I thought we were going to we were going to do. This episode ended up being long because of our rambling at the beginning. So I guess that's good. 
guess. I guess. I, yeah, I guess. Anyway, follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. Post all the links to all the episodes, everything that we're thinking. Live tweeting uh, AEW Dynamite and any other show that I happen to be watching live, which is not a ton at the moment. Um, occasional, occasionally, Harris chimes in with some stuff here and there. He could do more, but you know that's neither here nor there. I think you're doing a good job. <laughs> thanks, thanks, man. Uh, follow us on Instagram at behind underscore gorilla. Uh, you can check out that. Um, where else are we on Facebook? Follow us on Facebook. That is just behind the gorilla, I believe, on Facebook. So check that out. That that has nothing. That just I just post the links to the episodes on the Facebook page. If you want to do anything interactive, definitely Instagram or Twitter is the better place to go. We also follow back wrestling fans, so jump on that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Markbrand, and I'm at Harris Wilson. So do that as well. That's where you can get uh, all of Harris's real, real stuff. Is on his own, his own Twitter account. He's much more active on that one. For the most part. Yeah. So yeah. check that out. You got any other crazy... Ro- yeah. What, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, if you got any other crazy wrestling Christmas moments, I'm definitely in the mood and the market for that at the moment. So yes, yeah, hit us up with us. those or just any other topics you want us to cover in general. It doesn't have to be Christmas. Yeah, if you have some crazy topic that's one of your favorites, that's one of the dumbest things that's happened in wrestling, please hit us up. We will be happy to do an episode on it um we've had people do that before and, and it helps us i'm not gonna lie it gives us less things to think about so go and check that out and go and listen to our backlog of episodes we've been doing this now for a couple of years and yeah, almost two years and we got a lot of stuff there so definitely uh check those out all right so that does it for this episode thank you so much for listening to behind the gorilla i'm mark and i'm harris have a great week